peace and blessings to you, friends. Let us prepare for worship with a word of prayer. Holy God, who created all that exists, we praise you. We open our hearts and our spirits this day to your eternal love and forgiving mercy. Be with us as we participate in this worship service. Remind us again that Jesus Christ gave his life that we might fully understand the depth and breadth of your love in all things and at all times we praise you. Amen. Friends, the call to worship is actually already on the screen. Uh, your responses will be in bold. Welcome. This is a time to celebrate and worship God who loves us. We are grateful and thankful for all God's blessings in our lives. We gather to remember that Christ gave his life for us. We humbly praise God for such a gift. Come, friends, come and worship the God of love and hope. Praise be to God at all times and in all places. Amen. Happy Father's Day, friends, to all the fathers, grandfathers, and those who play a fatherly role in the lives of others. I personally have a special place in my heart for people who step in as role models for those who are fatherless. Uh, as many of you know, my father passed away when I was just about four years old, and I was fortunate enough to have a mother who worked tirelessly for our family and created a great life for me. But I was also fortunate to have several great men of faith that uh, took care of me. They took me places to ball games and to amusement parks. And I'm just so blessed uh, for many folks that have stepped in in my life and have mentored me and who have served as a father, father figure. And I also want to be mindful that I know that uh, Father's Day is a great day of joy for many. And for others, it's a, a little bit of hardship as well. And just know that I'm standing by everyone today and holding everyone in prayer. Now, I have a few things that I want to share with you that uh, I received for Father's Day. And um, it seems like my girls had a little competition uh, this year. Um, so I'll just show you a few of the things. So uh, for Madison, I got this plaque that, that has a stand that can go on my desk and uh, I won't read what it says because it's, it's personal, but Maddie got me this, which I so dearly love. And then Jean got me, and it's, it's hard to see, but if you have a beard like this, you got to have a comb, a special comb. And so she's, she's put a little message on this. Um, and just when I thought maybe I might shave the beard, then I got a beard comb. And then I was on a, a call with some friends from school, and they were talking about the beard. So it continues for a little while longer but the girls did a great job i'm so grateful to have two wonderful daughters and then uh krishna got me uh, i usually wear some type of button-up shirt but since it's more casual krishna got me a shirt it might be hard to see i'll step over in a second but it says clergy and it has the um the cross and flame on it and what a great reminder of the journey it's been because it's actually two years ago today that i was at uh, east columbus christian church filling in for uh, Pastor Charlie, at that point I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. I had been running a while from the call, and I was asked to speak, and it happened to be on Father's Day two years ago. And what do you know, in October I'll be celebrating my second year as a pastor. So Father's Day has a special place in my heart for many reasons. 
And I hope that you all have a wonderful uh, day as well, a Father's Day. And, uh, it, it's been an interesting week, friends. Since I've last talked to you, I've crammed an entire semester into a five-day intensive class about worship. And I've got some good news and I've got some bad news as a result of the class. The good news is that several of the ways that our services are structured are uh, based upon good, solid, united Methodist worship. The bad news is, and it may not be bad news, friends, for those that uh, don't like change, though, there are some things that will change up a little bit that I could have been doing a little bit better. But no matter in what ways the service is structured, our goal will always be to lift up the name of God and to praise the Lord. And we have always done that. We will continue to do that in the best way that we can. Truth is, friends, I ran right into school and became a pastor about, I don't know, 45 days after and I was doing what I had seen and what I, what I knew, uh, doing the best I could. So I was thankful to get a chance to learn some new information this week. And I will be making some tweaks uh, even in this, in this service. For instance, I've always said a prayer after reading the scripture. It's actually called a prayer for illumination. I didn't know that's what the prayer was called. And the prayer asked for God to reveal God's message through the scripture. And what I learned is, is perhaps that's better positioned before the scripture and not the sermon. So that's one of the changes we'll be making today. And then the prayer that we always say that leads into the Lord's Prayer will also look a little different. Uh, I've changed it, changed it so it has a little more participation as we worship together. Instead of me giving a long pastoral prayer, we'll be doing a prayer of intercession where we'll ask God together to hear our prayers. And you'll be invited to participate that prayer through your responses. More on, on those types of things later, but just don't be surprised if some things change in the worship order. And I know that we'll be fine. Uh, after all, we never thought we'd be worshiping from home. That's probably been the biggest change of all. We've adjusted just fine. And on that note, I want to say be looking for an announcement soon in terms of when we're going to gather in person. It's, it's on the horizon. I'll be making an announcement via Facebook very soon. I also want to lift up a huge praise. The grant money is starting to come in for the technology grant. One of the churches has received there, so I'm thinking the other church will be getting it any day. And uh, we'll be making some purchases very soon. So I'm just so thankful to the Centers for Congregation or the Centers for Congregations for their investment in Indiana's churches. What a blessing. And friends, today our message is going to focus on living a Christian life that honors the new life we are given as believers in the resurrected Christ. And as we prepare our hearts for worship, let us be thankful for our personal relationship with Jesus and all the goodness and blessing that comes from that relationship with the one who died and was resurrected for us. And I often say that my mother was my greatest earthly teacher. And I remember her as both my mother and my father figure all in one. But let us remember, because also how my mom taught me, it is Jesus who is the greatest teacher of all. And that will never change. Jesus lived a life of example, a life that was full of love and compassion, full of grace, full of mercy. And today, we lift up the name of the Lord in praise and adoration. And friends, as we lift up our prayer request today, we will pray, and your response will simply be, God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I didn't put it on the screen because it's short. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And you'll see me um, raise my hand or you'll hear me say it. Let us pray. Everlasting 
almighty and merciful God, who hears our cries and is always present with us. Hear our prayer. Hear our prayers for all on our prayer list and all of our unspoken requests. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are sick or grieving the loss of a loved one, God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who are on the front lines, the grocery lines and assembly lines who keep our country moving, God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For all who are vulnerable and who continue to shelter in place for their cries are heard also. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For peace, for justice, and equality for all of your people. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we praise you for our blessings and we lift up our requests today as we say the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, before we get to the message and scripture for today, uh, once again, uh, let me just share with you that the giving information is on the Facebook page. Um, I just, I continue to thank you for supporting our ministries. Of course, you can always send a check to the church. The address is on the Facebook page. Uh, we have a digital giving platform. That information is also on the Facebook page. You just go to the About Us section. There's an icon there that uh, is, looks like the world. You click on that, you set it up one time. It's very easy, very secure. And you can text the word give to the number on the Facebook page as well. Once again, thank you for your continued support. Let us pray for the offering. Eternal God of our ancestors, who has been with us from the beginning and promises to be with us in eternity. Bless this offering to your kingdom. Bless the gifts and bless the givers so that we might go as sent people and do your work as we proclaim your name as the holiest of all names. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Friends, our first hymn, we actually have a couple for today, is There's Something About That Name. Gene's going to get that queued up. It's actually just uh, one verse. goes through twice.
Father's Day gifts. I should say, I love all my gifts equally, and my children and my wife. All equally, thank, thank you for my gifts, and thank you for participating in the service. Friends, I found a song uh, last year. Uh, it's from the Skit Guys, and I, I have subscribed to them, and it's called Man of God, and I'd like to play that for you uh, as special music before we continue on.
scripture and this is not the one I'm preaching on but uh, this is something I've come to enjoy. Come on now Manny, get the microphone ready. Lord, are you there? Listen to me please. Listen closely because I don't know if I can speak any louder. My spirit is in such pain. Please hear me. I am poor and I need you. My heart is breaking. I cry a lot and call out to you all day long. Be near me, O God. Then it happens. I feel a a calmness settle over me as I bow my tearful head in contrition. God's peace is seeping into my life, entering gently, quieting my soul. My breathing is easier because I have placed my focus on God and not on my sadness and sorrow. I wait for God. I wait for God. And as sure as the sun rises, God's healing love rises in my heart, giving me courage and strength. Just when I wonder if God has even heard me, God's love flows to me through Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. I am saved and sent forth with joy. Amen. Amen. That scripture is actually based on Psalm 86. It's a translation. Uh, so thank you to Madison. And I thank Jean that uh, you can't really always see in the frame. She's a overrunning sound and she keeps us straight with the lyrics and everything. So thank you and Christian always behind the, uh, the camera. Uh, so friends, uh, let's prepare for the prayer for illumination before we read scripture. Risen and almighty God, who conquered death and atoned for our sin, open our hearts and minds to hear the message you would have us to hear, so that we might be changed while drawing closer to you. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Friends, our scripture today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us 
who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whomever has died is free from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin. Once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now friends, it's been um, at least a few Sundays. I've given you a little bit of a break with all my work stories and my work phrases uh, that have been so ingrained into my mind. Because we salespeople, we like our quotes and the people that manage us like our quotes. But you've heard this said probably. It's often said that the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. Have you heard that one? I don't think I'm the only one that knows that one. I've heard that a different way and I'm more fond of this way of saying it. Friends, if you're gonna make changes in your life, you have to make changes in your life. You can't continue to do the same things. You have to make changes. And I do think I like that second version better because it requires action. It gets to the heart of the hard work that must be done to bring about change in our lives. And real change doesn't happen, not often, without hard work, about taking a look at our options and deep prayer, doing some research, and then taking sustained action with God's help. Of course, there are times where we fly by the seat of our pants, which was the majority of my life until a few years ago. And sometimes it just happens to work out. But more often than not, those changes that we make sort of haphazardly, they don't tend to last because they're not intentional and they're not rooted with deep prayer. So here's another one that people often say. Don't reinvent the wheel. You've heard that one, I'm sure. And that's hard for me, friends. I like to change things. It drives my family nuts because I don't like to look at things at, at face value. I'm always thinking outside of the box. And my motto has always been, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to find it. And I've spent a lot of money and a lot of energy over the years trying to fix things, really, friends, that weren't broken. And so in today's scripture, we have a lot of talk about change and it's such beautiful language. The Apostle Paul reminds us that we've been baptized in death with Christ and we share in Christ's resurrection. We share in that newness of life. Our old selves have died. And again, in beautiful language, our old self, the sin, crucified with Christ on the cross. And our sin no longer entraps us. And this language is so true. It beautifully and accurately describes the new life we're given through our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
because we share in the resurrection. And that is that one of our core beliefs. We are saved from sin. And that we enjoy a personal relationship with our Savior. We are free from the debt and the bondage of sin. And yes, friends, we are blessed because of our relationship with Christ. And as Paul goes on, though, we learn something else, something in addition to. In addition to our blessing of being created anew in Christ, friends, we also have some obligations. We are resurrected people who cannot live the same life of sin. Let's look at Paul's words again in verse 1, where he says, Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? And then the scripture says, By no means, exclamation mark. That means that's important. By no means should we continue living in sin. Because how can we who died to sin go on living in it? We are to live as people, friends, who have left sin behind, as people who do all we can to abstain from sin. We're going to fall short, but we must try to be free from sin. And as people who embrace, we're called to be, to embrace this new life given to us by the one who calls us to be in right relationship and live in accordance with God's word. Yes, friends, we're going to sin. But there is forgiveness. But we must be striving every day to increase in our faith and our personal relationship with God. Continue striving for perfection. Now, friends, only God can make us perfect in God's love. But we have to give it our all. And it's a journey, friends. But we have a roadmap. I don't know, do people still use roadmaps? I guess we could say we have GPS. I can't remember the last time I looked at a map. But the point is, friends, is we have instructions. And we also know how the destination ends and the reward that we attain when we reach the end of our earthly journey. And how many of us are trying to go through life without reading the instructions? And how many are going to produce a final product that has parts that we haven't used? And those who refuse to follow instructions when putting stuff together, I, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me. Every time we try to put things together, when we don't read the instructions, there's stuff left over. Those that refuse to ask for directions, also me on the road. I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to you. But actually, I'm talking to all of us, because I think at some point we all fail to follow God's instructions fully. And friends, I want to tell you today that we don't get credit for the unused parts in our faith journey. And actually, I'd say it's a little bit of the opposite. We have to answer to the things that we have done and all the parts that we have used, all the tools that God has given us. And as I was writing and I was preparing and praying, I can imagine God looking at me when all was said and done and asking me, Ron, why do you have pieces left over? I gave you clear instructions why did you fail to use the resources i gave you to feed the hungry what about those funds i provided for you so that you could clothe the naked why do you still have all these building materials when i told you to shelter the homeless and worst of all why does your instruction manual look like it's hardly been used ouch why did you do this your way ron i gave you the plan and on this Father's Day, I think of the times when my mom knew better 
And she would say things to me like, son, you know I love you. <laughs> Why did you do that thing I asked you not to do? And I'd say, mom, but I thought if I could fill in the blank, whatever that was. And she said, son, but I told you again what she said. And then I would say, yes, mom, but, and give her the second and third excuses. And finally she would cut it off and she would say, Ronald, I said this is what you're going to do. There's more, no more discussion. Follow the instructions, son. But again, because I always had to try and have the last word, I'd say, but mom. And insert more of what I was trying to do and give another excuse. Instead of embracing the teaching that was so rooted in love and wanting the best life for me and to teach me responsibility. And surely, friends, I can't be the only one that has disregarded the instructions of our parents or has not followed the manual that God has given us for our life. And I vision that same kind of conversation happening when God tries to speak to me. As you know, God calls me Bub. So when God says, Bub, I want you to do this. And I say, I know God, but... And he says, Bub, no, really, I need you to do this. I say, I hear you, God, I, I do, but that's really not convenient for me right now in my life. And God reminds me, not so gently, and he says, Bub, do we need name tags? Because mine says, I'm the God who created the earth. And I sent Jesus to die for you, for your sins. And I know what's best for you. Do what I asked you to do. You have promised to follow me, bud. But you continue to do what you want. Instead of what I want. I still love you and I will continue to forgive you. But I am the Lord thy God. And you would, would do best to listen to me the first time. And surely I'm not the only one, friends, that gets in uh, negotiations with God. That I think that sometimes I can out-negotiate God because my plan must be so much better than God's plan for my life. I can tell you I've done that uh, many times. And life is much better when I follow the instruction manual. And in the design for the way God's kingdom should be working for God's kingdom is a better plan than any design that I'm going to come up with. And when I write this out, when I wrote it out, I realized it sounds so silly, but in reality, this is what has happened. Change takes work, friends. Hard, soul-searching work. It's our human nature to not follow instructions, to sin. And God knows that we fall short. And it's like I often tell my kids. I say, I know you're going to make mistakes. Mom and I know you're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. But we shouldn't make mistakes when it comes to loving people and following God's commands for the basic care of God's people and God's creations. Those aren't the types of mistakes that we should make on a, on a great basis. And I know that's easier said than done. I will slip up. But can the mistake be attributed to a bad choice of words, an occasional off day? Is it those types of mistakes or blatantly failing to follow instruction. Because I believe that all of those are sins. But we must try to do the very best that we can for God's glory. And let's look at some of the verses again in more detail. In 6, uh, 8, But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. In 6, 10, The death He died, He died to sin. Once and for all, but the life He lives, 
he lives to God. And 611, so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Friends, we have to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. And those are powerful words. What does it mean to be alive for God, friends? The first thing we think about naturally is just living for God. That's good. But as my brother Joe would say, that doesn't blow my hair back. That's not a phrase that gets me excited. It's not descriptive. It's kind of cliche. And I know you might be saying, I know, Pastor Ron, I get it. I got to live my life for God. I, I know. But when I read this scripture, friends, the word alive speaks to me. The words resurrection and renewal speak to me. A renewed focus on being alive and present in my relationship with Jesus. More than just trying. Focus, action of renewal. And again, in true parental form, I must say, except that my mom would always say, our actions speak louder than words. And one of those actions, friends, has to be to walk away from a life of sin as earnestly as we can. Alive to, to God means that we don't give it the old college try. Alive means actively moving and striving to live fully into God's commandments, to strengthen our relationship with God, to listen and discern, to listen, where is God calling us? Where is God leading us? And are we using the instructions that God gave us? Or have we kept the instructions we like and have we tossed the ones out that are too tough? And when God speaks, are we acting? Or are we saying, I hear what you're saying, God, but I just don't think that's going to work for me. Do you know me? You know that I can mess things up pretty good, God. I don't know about this. Are you sure? And friends, when the doubt creeps in and you feel like you're not capable of the job God's asking you to do, remember, it is God who's doing the asking. And also remember that you are a new person created in Christ to accomplish God's purposes. For God's glory and God does not fail. The old you might have been bogged down by sin and doubt. The new resurrected you can accomplish all God asks you to do. God cannot fail. And God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. And God will never fail. And friends, I try to bring my positive self every Sunday. And the truth is, friends, that we are blessed beyond belief. We are children of God. We will inherit. We have inherited the King of God. We are new people created in Christ Jesus. But I wouldn't be doing my job as your pastor without saying we also have an obligation to seek right relationship when we fall short to ask for forgiveness. God's grace goes before us. God's love is never ending, but we have to humble ourselves to God and ask forgiveness for when we fail and we sin and when we do not do all that God calls us to do. We have become a new people. We are promised eternal life, but we are sinful in nature. We must repent, friends. As they say, with great privilege comes great responsibility. And our relationship with God is given freely to those that have faith and live in relationship with God. But we have to care for our relationship. We have to tend to our responsibilities. We have to be in conversation with the greatest life coach. As we strive to become less of us and allow God to take a bigger place in our lives. Not our way, but God's way. There is no but when God speaks to us. Friends, we don't leave spare parts 
when we live our lives according to God's plan, we must use every tool and everything available to us and make every adjustment possible as we work tirelessly to create the best version of God's kingdom here on earth. I should call that the kingdom of God, the people creating the reign of God. And friends, there are days when I'm just so happy I can't stand it because I know that I'm blessed. And I want you to know that you are blessed. But then I sometimes I become a little grieved when I see a large portion of the world that has kind of thrown out the instruction manual. Or, at the very least, they have created a very heavily edited personal copy. Friends, stop recreating the wheel and let Jesus take the wheel. Jesus does not steer us in any direction. He doesn't want us to go. We've got to take our foot off the brake and accelerate, enjoy the journey, the full journey. Even the parts where you have to admit that you need to change, make those changes. And in the dance of life, as I've heard it called, let God take the lead, let God lead. Stop stepping on God's toes. We have eternal life because God secured our victory on the cross. So stop living defeated. Embrace the fullness of life, the newness of life given by God our creator. Death has died, friends. Love has won. Stick to the plan, folks. Live your life to the fullest. Live it anew in God's love. And don't leave this life not having read the manual. And don't leave with any resources unused. God bless you, friends. Our final hymn, I know this is loved by many. I know some families in our churches um, love this song. One that I always play on special days related to parenthood. It was my mother's favorite song. I know it's a favorite song of some parents in the congregation. Um, number 77, How Great Thou Art, as Gene cues that up before us. God bless you, friends.
God has given you all that you will need as you reach out in love and caring to others. Go into God's world, bringing the good news of redemption and hope. In Jesus' name, go in peace, and may the God of peace go with you always. Amen. As we close out, we'll turn your eyes upon Jesus. God bless you, friends.